What is this? For the mess. Can I begin? Uh huh. It's the chill kit. I got the cards to the deck you should deal with. I got the flows to nod your head. Can you feel it? I put the beans in the bag and I will never spill it. Yes, sir. Damn right. I keep it low key. They must got all time as if they say that they know me. Welcome to the Folder Masters Podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. Hey, I'm back with a banger. I'm back with a banger. And not just like a regular banger, but it's my one-year anniversary of podcasting banger. And we're 40 episodes in. I'm super elated to be on this journey. And I appreciate all the likes, the comments, the subscribers, everyone that follows on this journey. So just like, thank you all. Thank you all. Um, I'm super excited for this, today's guest, some of my brothers, some of my homies. But before we get into the episode, we have admin tasks we have to take care of because we do what we have to do, right? Please follow us on all platforms at For The Masters Podcast and on YouTube at GB The Masters Podcast, okay? Hey, the gentleman I have on today's podcast, they're my brothers, my brothers in faith. You know, I'm super excited to catch up with them and talk, you know, a plethora of biblical topics. So let's get into it. I'm here with Ryan Proctor, Myron Jellison. My brothers, how you doing? What's up, JB? Good to see you, man. Dude, I'm excited to catch up with you all, and I'm excited that you all jumped on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we're well, excited too. Yeah, dude. I uh, was really pumped when you uh, reached out and honored to be a part. And, dude, congrats on 40 weeks, one year. That's incredible. Dude. Yeah. And uh, drop that us on drop, drop that on us in the intro. Don't yeah. Heads up. <laughs> <laughs> the anniversary celebration. Uh, exactly. No, that, that's right on, man. It's so cool. That, that means the world. Like, like I said, like, you know, like just it's just been it's been cool. Like I feel like all my relationships definitely gotten better since I started podcasting because we're sitting down having an actual conversation, you know, and not hustle and bustle of the world. And um it's 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 been interesting. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to sit down and spend like thirty minutes to an hour just kind of having a conversation, interviewing, talking about things that you probably wouldn't normally talk about. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you guys are interesting gentlemen. So like, let's get into it. Let's like talk about like who you are. And then we'll talk about how I met you all. But like, yeah, so like Myron, let's just tell everyone about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Ohio, uh, born. Actually, I was born in West Virginia, the hospital across the river and then grew up in Ohio. Uh, so and I currently live in the Wheeling area in the Ohio Valley area. I'm still up here in that area. And that's where, you know, our paths crossed. Uh, you got involved with our church up here, the vineyard church that I get the privilege of being the next gen pastor at. So, uh, a a lot of leadership and opportunity in the church and and staff that I get to work with and a lot of different ministry opportunities to young people, the next generation coming up behind me. So grew up in the church group, uh, you know, uh, you know, found the Lord early, uh, took a little, detour you know uh you know a little detour and kind of live up my own life and just filling my life full of my selfish desires and pleasures of this world and realized none of that was really filling me and really satisfying me and had a moment my sophomore year of college up here at west liberty university in the wheeling area where i where i got the privilege of being on baseball scholarship and got to play baseball up there and my sophomore year just really had this encounter with the lord and um so yeah, man, that's me. I, I, I've been doing ministry now. Um, after I kind of found the Lord a sophomore year and got involved with the Vineyard and started, you know, jamming on the worship team and serving in youth ministry and end up coming on staff and 
So now I've been working on staff almost seven years now, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. And uh, I'm married. I've been married uh, almost seven years as well. Um, Seven years this year. Uh, Got three kiddos, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old. Uh, got a beautiful dog that's uh, five years old. So the dog was first, and then we, you know, had three kids in the next four years, four and a half years, five years. Um, and so yeah, man, we got a house, and we're living here, living it up, and enjoying life. The Lord's been good to us, and uh, man, we are blessed for sure. So congratulations! I didn't know that. What on the third one? The third one. Yeah, man. Wow, that's that's phenomenal. I've been out. Yeah, I gotta man. come and visit. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. JB, how how long you been gone? Have you even met the second one? My little man, do you mean my little boys too, Braxton? Probably not. Nah, I think it was just my girl when you were here. It was just my firstborn what? daughter. Yeah, dude. Oh my, I'm slacking. Well, come congratulations up. twice. Yeah, no, right on, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to come up, visit the no, fam, man. That'd be yeah. great. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, I feel like when we all started getting close, it was like I left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could blame Micah if we want, but I blame myself. Yeah, yeah. we could do yeah. that. We could do that. Make him the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not here, so you know, he definitely not here. He was yeah. episode three, though. I know. I, 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 isn't it episode two? I look back to see when you had him on. It was episode two. Well, he knows better than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's awesome, though. Like that's 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 crazy. I gotta come up, but like Ryan. Tell everyone about yourself. Yeah, I mean, my story is not so different from Myron's. I also, well, I did not grow up in Ohio, though. I grew up in Oklahoma, uh, in Tulsa. My entire life uh, was there. Uh, grew, I did grow up in a Christian home, just like Myron did, raised by Christian parents, going to church my whole life and everything like that. And and I also uh, <clears throat> accepted the Lord, you know, as leader of my life early, early, early on. It's like technically around age four, right? But but just like most kids who can say that that's their story where they grew up in a Christian home, there was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of uh, misunderstanding of what the gospel was and who Jesus was. And so I kind of lived my life trying to be the perfect boy and not have any uh, any sin, any bad things in my life and thinking that that was the best way that I could represent Jesus. But, um, you know, by the I finally like really feel like I the gospel, the real gospel broke through to me. Um, around age 25, when I started to realize that, you know, I could be guaranteed a spot in heaven, not because I was good and not because of, uh, you know, what other people saw in me, but because of what Jesus did for me and that his payment was enough, regardless of how good of a person I am and just accepting the the free gift of salvation that he offers. And so, you know, that really set me free from that, that uh, constant struggle of being the perfect one and getting everything right and being good enough. Um, so that's kind of on the spiritual side. And just on the life side, I uh, I went to the University of Oklahoma. I played tennis most of my life. And so I ended up playing tennis for University of Oklahoma. That's the Sooners, not the Cowboys. Most people up here don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, and so played tennis and studied engineering there and then started my career as an engineer in a natural gas company. Uh, I've been there for coming on nine years now in July. Uh, moved up here to the Wheeling area in 2018 with that same company, different job, and been here. So been here for a little over four years now, and life has been awesome. That's where I met Myron within, uh, I believe it was just within a month or two of moving up here. 
And then probably not, not much more than a year later, I met you, JB, and, and we had a great friendship. And then, uh, gosh, I guess it was before 2020 that you left here. So, yep. Yep. Like, right. Like middle of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Man, like I, I appreciate you all being so transparent about your testimonies too, um, because I like like similar like testimony very similar to myself, right? You know, grew up in the church, young. You know, dad's a pastor, and um, again, you a like, PK? Yep, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with PKs. you. PKs, you know, we run into each other. We run into each other. Right we gravitate. Yeah. We're like magnets. We like find each other somehow. No, absolutely. <laughs> so. So very similar testimonies, very similar testimonies, you know, and I think, um, you know, you grow, you, we, we grow up in the church and, you know, like you see your friends and they're doing all these different things and you're like, oh man, like, what is it like, you know, and you want, you want to test the waters a little bit, but, you know, ultimately, you know, like the prodigal son story, you, you find your way back. And, um, yeah. and when I, when I met you all, I, obviously like you're millennials and you're growing closer to God, you're super strong about your faith, you know, just like that Christian atmosphere you're looking for. Um, if you, you know, you know if, which, what you know, you know, just like looking for those type of people. And when I met you, I was like, man, these guys are like super nice guys. Right. And I'm like, man, these guys are like really nice. Oh, like, man, let's like, let's, this is cool. You know? And, um, I was, I was coming to the vineyard. Micah asked me to, you know, to help out with high school. And, you know, my experience has been more young adults. And I was like, oh, I don't know about high school, Micah. <laughs> I don't know about high school. And then Amelia met Myron. Myron dapped me up. He and then we had like this awkward exchange. And then he was like, "Yo, hey, let's figure this out right now, dude. Are we gonna dap or are you gonna shake my hand?" And <laughs> and it relieved like all the stress. So I was like, "We figured it out." And then and then Ryan, you was just like, you immediately just showed me the ropes. You immediately just started like taking me around, me and these kids, um, having sarcasm with the kids. And I was like, "All right, these people are great." And um, you know, and then. Biblically, you got biblically sound, good principles, good morals, it's like standing firm as Christians, we have to stand firm, especially these times, you know, and you're standing firm at the stuff you were teaching these young adults. And I was like, man, these, these are great guys, you know, and um, that's what re- like really attracted to me to you all. So I don't know if I ever told you all, but like, yeah, that's what my initial impressions of you two were. Thanks, bro. That's awesome, it, man. Well, I, I would say that, you know, it's it's reciprocated to you. I mean, first time you walked into that building you could just sense there's just a presence about jb that people want to be around him you know he's a positive person makes your day better because you've had an interaction with him and i immediately felt like you were going to be influential in kids lives because uh, you just have that connectivity uh, about you and so um man i i just appreciate all the effort and the work that you put in to our high school ministry while you were here for the short term you were with us um but man, it, it's reciprocated. The feeling's mutual, man. High respect for you, and uh, really awesome to see you grow, develop, and the influence that you've created for yourself, um, and and for other people, and planting the seeds, man. So, uh, feelings mutual. Hey, that means the world. That means the world. It really does. And um, like I said, I, I miss you guys. You know, a lot, especially you know my my weekly dose of like fun, you know, from you guys. So. You know, I, I see you guys. You guys are a part of the Vineyard Church. So, do you want to talk about like the Vineyard and and um, what kind of ministries you all have, uh, the de- denominations, things like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let the guy who works there start us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, JB, you were involved in our high school ministry, and we got a you know middle school ministry as well. And um, so, I was uh, I actually hired Micah. And so Micah's kind of the one that recruited you, JB, and invited you to join that team. And so Micah and I were kind of leading that. And, 
you know, I was in process of kind of developing, discipling Micah to kind of take over full time, you know, in that youth youth department or running the youth program. And, you know, circumstances happen and him and his wife transitioned out. So um, and then I kind of came back in and, and was leading the youth program and kind of rebuilding and restructuring and ended up hiring some more staff, you know, to develop and, and grow those leaders to then take that ministry to the next level. And so that ministry is healthy. I think it's, it's uh, COVID's put a, put a very interesting twist on, you know, high schoolers engagement and social events. Um, There was a lot of, you know, the quarantine isolation and separation, I think more addiction to screens and that's where they're getting their connectivity digitally. And so there wasn't more, there wasn't a desire to hang out with people in person as much and everything they needed was getting, you know, fed to them isolated on their devices and so uh so it's been kind of a rebuilding rebounding of how we can get kids in person engaging in fellowship and conversations and discipleship deepening their faith and growing their faith so but we've been we've been building towards that and uh pretty pleased and and got a good team good leaders you know we onboarded since ujb like probably a whole new leadership team of young people like yourself coming in and leading in that high school middle school ministry area so that's pretty healthy. And then the exciting thing that, that I'm actually repping the gear, uh, but podcast people can't <laughs> see it. Sorry if you're watching the video cast on YouTube, but um, so we started, we started this young adult group called the way and just to give like the context of the name, right. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, back in the, the, the early church in the new Testament, the early church when it was forming, you know, there was a lot of energy and momentum that was was being made and the disciples, the apostles who were discipled by Jesus for the three years that he was on this earth are now doing ministry and gathering in homes and grabbing people and doing miracles and drawing people to this movement of Christ followers. And there was this phrase that started to catch on like, hey, that that's the way like they're part of the way. And I think it stems from Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so that, that phrase, the way, like you were part of the way, if you were following their ideology, their beliefs, their morals, their values, and engaging in their, their lifestyle. And so we kind of wanted to reclaim and recapture the heart of Christianity all the way back from the New Testament, the, the original church formation, because one of the things I think, you know, we're not unaware of is there's negative stereotypes that come with Christianity. You know, a bunch of judgmental hypocrites or, you know, homophobes, bigots, racists. I mean, you name it like there's a there's there's stereotypes that get attached to Christianity. And there's been a lot of horrific things done in the name of Christianity that I would say isn't true representation of real Christ followers. And so we felt and felt like the Lord was leading us to like, hey, let's recapture, reclaim the heart of my movement intended to be. And so we use the name the way to paint a picture of what young adults can be a part of something bigger than themselves. Like this isn't just something that's happening in wheeling. Like this is something that's happened globally. Like you are a part of something bigger than yourself. You're living for something bigger than yourself. You have mission, you have purpose, you have value, you have significance, you have influence. And it's bringing this idea that I think millennials, Gen Zers, young people are hungry for. I want my life to matter. And I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And so the name was, I think the Lord impressed it on us. It felt strategic and it feels like this opportunity to bring uh, this just momentum and energy around reclaiming and recapturing the heart of Christianity all the way back to the original church in the, in the new Testament that we read about. So that ministry is exciting, man. We met in my living room for a while. 
Um, And that's where Ryan really and I got to kind of connect and became partners in ministry. And Ryan, this dude, like JB, I mean, he's a volunteer, but I mean, he's more, he's like just as valuable as a staff member. You know, like he can't, he's not getting paid, but this dude crushes it, kills it. And what he does is volunteer. Like if, if you lead church ministry anywhere, if you listen to this, you need a Ryan Proctor on your volunteer team. Like you just do. Like he's the epitome of of of, of rock star, and so he he's just a volunteer. But so him and I got to connect in that we started a Bible study. We actually went up on campus for a worship night, and we we didn't know what we were doing. And then we ended up meeting in my living room. We went from like twelve people to sixteen to eighteen. Then we go to the church basement, twenty five. Then we go on this uh, conference retreat or conference uh, down in Atlanta. We come back fired up on you know on this high. Now we're seeing like 40 and 60 people come into this gathering and then COVID hits and it all shuts down. And then we've been rebuilding and we're back to about 70, 80 strong post COVID in this young adult group here in the Ohio Valley, which is incredible to see. Uh, We have over like 150 unique individuals who I know have come through our doors and been a part of our group and our following on social media is growing. Uh, We just dropped a podcast and that seems to be growing that audience and, uh, we've been leveraging, t- you know, some TikTok, you know, stuff to just really get our influence and our reach out there and invite people to be a part of the movement. So, Lord's been super good in that, and it's been such a fun thing over the last what two and a half, almost three years now, um, with COVID kind of just putting this really unique damper on it all. But so yeah, those are the ministries that we've built. Ryan and I kind of have built the way movement together, which has been really exciting from kind of the ground up, and. Um, and his leadership and our, our work together, um, I think is, is, uh, with great humility, I'm not, you know, trying to be boastful, but the Lord has been really good to us. He's brought really incredible people around us and man, like just some of the most genuine down to earth, real people who are hungry for purpose and truth are coming every single week and being in this gathering that we're, that we're doing every week. So. Man, man, that's in, that's incredible. Like, I'm super happy for you. 70, 80 kids. That's 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 phenomenal. Yeah, you 18 know? to 18 to 25 year olds. So just oh, young, young adults. adults. Yeah, just young adults. Especially so, yeah. for that for the region, you know, everyone yeah, listening. Yeah. Like, this is this is the region he's talking about is like the Ohio Valley area. So it's like West Virginia, um, like like Northern Panhandle, West Virginia. Yeah, and um, they're doing some great work. And, and these are like gentlemen who are just like hungry. They're super transparent about their journeys. And, you know, they address the hard topics. And that's what attracted me to you guys as well. You address the hard topics, like, when it came to, like, premarital sex and things like that. As Christians, you know, I just felt like it was, like, it was always growing up, like, hey, don't do this. But, like, no one ever, like, sat down, had a full, like, sermon on it. And and that's one of the first things, you know, when we're doing with the high schoolers um, that we, we address and super transparent about your journeys. You know, so, like, you know, I, I knew, like, that, that was an outcome. And, and, and God definitely has a hand over you all, most definitely. And and Ryan, like, so, like, so you you come to Oklahoma, you come from Oklahoma to Willing, you start like volunteering, and then obviously, like, you're the type of guy that just like go all in. So, like, how has your experience been at the Vineyard so far, and like, like, how has ministry changed since you started there? Well, I mean, it's been amazing, and it really has changed a lot, actually. So, um, and I don't know, just kind of my journey to the way, just on the side. It, uh, that that even Myron hasn't gotten to see is is pretty fun just because you know I started doing ministry as soon as I graduated from college I started going back to the church I grew up in and doing youth ministry there and so kind of 
kind of did high school and youth ministry all through those those early years up until I moved to Wheeling and then got plugged in with the Vineyards Youth Ministry 180, as Myron kind of mentioned earlier, uh, pretty soon after moving here. And so that just kind of naturally morphed into young adult ministry um, because, you know, you see high schoolers graduate into college students and become young adults and you don't just exit their lives. You know, you stay involved and you stay connected. So um, I think that our ministry, I mean, I love the Vineyard. I guess I'll say that, you know, the Vineyard does not simply follow tradition for tradition's sake. And that's one of my favorite things about the church is we worship Jesus and we focus on him and what he said to do. And we don't cling to the traditions um, that maybe some of them are really, really good and they have a really great purpose. But when we lose the purpose, they can be really, really harmful for people and point them in the wrong direction. And so I really love that that, that the, that's one of the main things that the vineyard focuses on. And there's a bunch of other tenets that uh, that the church has, like all people need people and uh, other things like that, that we really focus on. But I think as far as how has ministry changed um, over the years that I've been there, I think for one, we've really grown. Um, you know, like Myron said, with the young adult, I mean, you know, for the first couple of years, there was no young adult ministry at the Vineyard. There were a couple of attempts here and there to do some young adult small groups, but we really got inspired to uh, to create something where, you know, there's three colleges in this area and there's a junior college. And if you extend the, the outside of the Wheeling area, there's even more than that. And people don't think of it as an area where there's a bunch of college students, but there are literally thousands of young adults in this area who are looking to connect with other people. And so, you know, we saw the need for that and got really excited to, to start that up and create that place where people could come connect with other people. Like you said, be real uh, and, and learn to follow Jesus and learn who he really is. And like Myron said, recapturing the heart of, of what he did. But I think that, I think we, our ministries have grown. We've, we've attracted, uh, I don't want to say attracted. I think that through reaching young adults, we've found a really strong group of young adults who are prepared and excited to lead youth. So we have this huge team of 18 to 25 year olds who are leading middle schoolers and high schoolers. And that's part of why that ministry has been so energized. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that we've just, we've expand, I think expanding and getting the right people, uh, in the right roles has been a big part of what's changed over the years. It, it took, you know, back when you, me and Michael were in 180, we had some really amazing people back then too, but we struggled to find enough leaders to really handle the load of students that were coming. And so I think that's, that that's a little bit of what's changed is just having more of the amazing leaders available and, and passionate to dive into that. Man, that's incredible. Like, that's exciting for me because, um, you know, I feel like I felt like when I was there, like, I, again, like yeah, it, there were a lot of like, you know, youth there and, you know, not a lot of volunteers. But at the same time, like I, I could like I always just saw it like it would be a super cool environment for like young adults. You know, like I, I just I just always thought it would be cool. And like, you know, I'm, it's super like amazing to hear that you guys are growing that way. It really. Yeah, is. it's been awesome, man. It's really cool. So, so as you guys been growing at ministry to young adults, uh, what was your biggest obstacle? <laughs> yeah, uh, counting COVID or besides? Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, did we just want to scapegoat COVID and just blame yeah. it all on that? Um, mm -hmm. No, I, I think I think uh, I think our biggest obstacle is uh, commitment, um, and so I think uh, time. I think time has been uh, there. There's higher demand on young people's time when it comes to academics or 
you know, internships, athletics, extracurriculars, you know, social life as well. Um, there's a lot of pressure on them. And uh, so I think there's just time constraints of where we have so many good things to offer that they can get involved in to then be discipled and grow their faith, but actually getting them to show up and commit to that be to where, and, and I think this is kind of the flakiness in the, in the young adult culture of where they, they, they lack commitment or commitment phobia. And I think it stems from FOMO. They don't want to miss out on the next thing. And so they don't want to commit to something because something else might come up. And, yeah. and so really trying to get these young adults to prioritize this commitment over other things because help them in, helping them see that the value is, and when you neglect this and when you don't water this, and when you don't, you know, intentionally invest in this, you're going to drift. Yeah. And so helping them prioritize time management and getting them that commit has been a little bit of an obstacle. And then COVID really uh, accentuated that, I think, in the young adults because um, COVID caused me to be so flexible. Like, because I didn't know what was happening week to week. I didn't know who was sick. If I was going to have to quarantine, was I exposed? Can I go here? Can I not go here? And what are we doing? And asked of me and all this craziness of, so then I think it just caused us as a society and even young people of just, I'm going to be way more flexible and not commit yeah. because I never know what's going to be changing so rapidly because things change so rapidly. And I still think we're seeing the result of that. So I think it's our biggest obstacle is helping them see the, uh, the need to prioritize this above everything else, because it really is the bedrock and the foundation of every other aspect of their life. But I don't think they are quite, again, I'm not saying our people are immature uh, yeah. and if they're listening, but. I just think their maturity in following Christ is, and they don't see the value. And then Ryan and I, we're like, you know, five, six years down the road. I'm like, man, like, you don't understand, like, how many heartaches and pains and mistakes I could have avoided if I had just prioritized this in my collegiate years. Yeah. Um, if I could have just, you know, been more disciplined and committed to it and surrounded myself with the right people. And that's huge. Like, you've got to get around the right people. Yeah. And so that's what I love about our group. It's big enough for this diversity. You're going to find some people that you connect with that are on the pursuit of Jesus as hard and as fast as they can. And they're going to inspire you to do the same thing. And so that's critically important uh, as well. And kind of an obstacle. That's like one obstacle, I would say. Ryan, you got one? Uh, honestly, you know, I agree with you. I think time and commitment is actually probably the big one. I think, yeah, COVID is the easy scapegoat, but COVID also provided us with a lot of cool opportunities to really grow our core leadership team so that they were ready to be pastors yeah. to their peers uh, whenever we really got to get back to gathering in person. So there was a lot of goods and bads from that. And I think, uh, I mean, the only thing I would add to what you said on the time thing is it's not just their willingness to commit. And it, I mean, it is and it isn't, you know, we always say that you have time for what you make time for, you have time for what's most important. So uh, we all have 24 hours in the day and it's our choice what we do with it. But but I think that there's a lot more priorities or there's a lot more, there's no night of the week that's everyone's free, you know? And it feels like where I came from in Oklahoma, Wednesday nights were an established night for church youth groups. Churches would have a service on Wednesday nights, you know, it's like most sports, most other extracurriculars knew that Wednesday night was off limits. And I think that up here, that's not the case. That's not yeah. the culture up here. And I think that that's, I totally agree with Myron. That's probably the biggest challenge is not only do we fight the battle of teaching people what it's like to prioritize, but they truly are forced to make a choice between two things that are very important to them. Yes. And yeah. that really is a challenge. Yep. You're right, man. I think that the Bible belt or, you know, the Southern, like 
it is just ingrained in their society. And, and I think it's slowly even, you know, eroding down there too. And there's a whole tangent we could go on of the post post Christian yeah. mindset and, and the liberal ideology that's even infiltrating academic institutions that really has eroded all the principles and morals and values and ideologies that are founded in scripture and even founded in this nation that the nation was founded on. And so it feels like there's kind of a systematic attack on that that might even be you know, eroding into what we have historically claimed of a, a Bible belt, Bible believing, Bible teaching area that really like Wednesday night carved out. That's youth group night or that's that's young adult night. Like that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm doing. And everything else kind of worked around it. But you're totally right. Up here, 24-7, man, like there is something yep. always happening that kids and again, I, I, I want kids to be involved in things. I think it's good. It's developing yeah. their character and their views and teaching them things like athletics. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of athletics. Um, I think it's just gotten blown out of proportion to the way it's all consuming and their faith and their, and their commitment to their growing their faith is kind of taking a back burner. So. No, no, I, I agree. And, and that's beautiful because at the same time, like I think COVID like offered you guys the flexibility, you know, and yeah. be able to reach them in a different ways that, you know, they're where they are, their attention is right now. And um, like, and that's what attracted me to like the young adult ministry space just in general, because they, they see if people like them around their, their age group that have these certain morals, you know, because like as believers, we have to be disciplined, you know, because we, we yeah. die to self so we can yep. live, right? Yep. So we, we're dying ourselves and we're showing these people, okay, these are these are what like, hey, believer, these are the morals, these are the principles we have that we, we follow the Son of Jesus Christ. You know, and um, because I think at the end of the day, like um, especially millennials, like we grew up in this this weird time frame where we're like between technology, um, you know, and we just like trying to handle it. So it's like high depression, high anxiety. Yeah. So a lot of times when I'm talking to like the young adult age groups, it's like, hey, this happened to me, you know, and they kind of like shut down, you know, and they're looking for for some light, you know, so they're looking yeah. for some light. And I think when they when they come to like like young adult like focused thing, they say, oh man, these people are so happy. What is it? What is it? What is it? You know. And when you like you live your life, you know, striving to be like the Son of Jesus Christ, you're like they're like, what's different about this person? You know, we're yeah. peculiar people, so we're stand out. You know, and mm-hmm. and I think that and that, and that's beautiful. And I, obviously, that's what I, I saw in you guys. You're peculiar. You're different. You're like, why are these people so happy? Why are these people so happy? There must be something here. I'm gonna keep coming back. I'm gonna keep coming back. There has to be something here. You know, and um, and you know, so like that's what I, I think is like super important for us to be involved in the young adults. Well, even younger if we can start, you know. But obviously, like that, the you know the the maturity yeah. is a little different there. But um, you know that that's that's amazing, you know. So you know, there's a lot of people listening here that you know they want to grow closer to God, wherever whatever age they are. So I think the biggest thing that you know when I talk to people about faith is like how how do I navigate this life as a Christian. You know, and I think with me, it's like, oh, hey, like, John, like, hey, you you never like drunk or smoked before. Right. All right. So like, how, how do you do that? You know, you know, and I always tell them, like, you know, like it's not something something that interested me. You know, it wasn't something that interested me. And, um, you know, again, striving to be like the son of Jesus Christ. Like, what does this look like? What does this look like? So anything that you can tell or that you currently tell your young adults how, like, how to navigate this life as a Christian, you know, um. You know, I know it's like it's discipline, like pouring into yourself, plugging in with people around you because iron does sharpen iron. So I, I know that's been helpful for me, especially getting back into like in-person ministry, mm-hmm. um, actually going into church on Sundays, you yeah. know, and, um, going out of my way to go to events. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I kind of want to 
say something before I answer the question, if you don't mind. Like, um, I think you were referencing something that came to my mind of um, these young people, millennials, I mean, majority millennials and even the Gen Zers coming up behind us, um, they're digital natives, right? Yeah. So they know nothing but screens. They know yeah. nothing but content that they can consume. And then if we are trying to have digital discipleship, which is very hard because digital discipleship is not entertaining yeah. and we want to be entertained. And so it is a discipline of I'm not going to scroll TikTok and laugh and be funny, like dog videos and watch Fail Army and, you know, watch all this stuff that's entertaining and it's giving me dopamine hits and my brain loves it and it's lighting up and I'm feeling good. Digital discipleship is hard. And here's the thing, a phrase that I've, that Barna, it's a research company, Christian research company. And um, I forget this, I forget the the CEO, his founder's name. It's, it's escaping me right now, but um, is it he David said, Kinnaman? That, David Kinnaman, that's right. Uh, yeah. He said, screens disciple. And that has been a profound statement that I cannot kick. Like, and if we're not intentional as parents, as young adult, you know, influencers in, in, you know, in our, in our, to our peers of like, Hey, do you realize that what you're watching is influencing your brain? It is discipling. And you are going to start to think and believe and perceive the world the way those people perceive the world. They're discipling you. So be very cognizant of what you are consuming. And so I think that's the one to answer your question now of like, how do you navigate this life as a Christian? You got to be very cautious of what you're consuming. When that comes to media, news outlets, podcasters, uh, TikTok influencers, you know, Instagram influencers, YouTubers, like what are you listening to the majority of the time, 51% of the time? Because whatever the majority is, you will begin to think and feel and perceive and believe the things that they believe as well. And so that's why going to church is so important. That's why disciplining yourself to read the scriptures is so important. That's why it's so important for you to have Christian community, peers that believe the things that you believe, to have honest, real conversations about what you're struggling with more than the other media and content things that you are consuming so that you're always staying in the positive towards faith. Because if you're out of balance, you're going to, again, begin to drift. And it might be a slow drift because like 55%, 45%, I'm doing pretty good. But slowly over time, you will inch away. And that's why it's so important. I think that's the biggest thing, young adults, digital natives. It's all we've ever known. We're being discipled through our screens. And we just got to be cognizant. I'm not saying or advocating get rid of TikTok, get rid of Instagram, get rid of YouTube. I'm saying just be aware, be mindful of what your mind is consuming. Be conscientious of the content that is permeating your mind because it will get to your heart and it will become what you truly believe as a person. And if it's not from God, your life's going to end up on a very different trajectory. And so I would say that's the biggest one of another big obstacle. And um, just some advice to young people, just be aware, be aware of what you watch and what you consume from music, media, TV, Netflix shows, you name it. Um, it all has impact on your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Myron. And, and I mean, I've heard it said another way, you know, don't we as Christians, as, as people who follow Christ, like we choose not to be entertained by the things Jesus died for, you know? So mm -hmm. there's so much content that, uh, you know, when it comes to sexual content in movies and TV shows, that's now just kind of considered a TV show where it's like, it's kind yeah. of pornography when you <laughs> be honest about it. So like, you know, and it's not just sex, it's, it's uh violence language yeah, it's violent. yeah like yeah. we we have to choose to kind of be different and not be entertained by the things jesus died for and uh but the other thing that i would say just just to not repeat after you on all of my answers uh i you know i think that 
I think that just navigating life, everyday life as a Christian, um, and to share the gospel with people and to just show them what following Jesus looks like, you know, a little bit from my own story, like I talked about before, um, you know, trying to be perfect, trying to be that guy who you look at and you know that he follows Jesus because he gets everything right, you know, and just starting to realize that that's not it, you know, and, and one of the mantras that I just say over and over again is vulnerability breeds vulnerability. When I front a perfect guy and, and like when I would pretend like I didn't have things going on in the background that were sin, that were dragging me away from Jesus, uh, that doesn't enable people to be real with me. That makes them put up a front as well. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of going through life and starting to learn how to share my story and share my struggles with other um, people like makes me realize that yeah. when I am open and honest that, hey, I'm not perfect and Jesus didn't die so that I would be perfect. He died so that he could save me because I am imperfect. Um, like I found that being able to share that and being able to yeah. be super honest and real about my struggles and stuff enables other people to do the same thing and maybe find the same freedom in Christ that, that I found. And so I think that that's one thing is, as Christians is we want to recognize that, you know, being real and vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Um, being imperfect is not an excuse to sin. It's not a, uh, a license to sin. We, I think we pursue perfection and we embrace grace. We let you know, when we do mess up, it's it's not an excuse, but Jesus did die for that and it's already been paid for and forgiven. So I just I just want to kind of emphasize that, I guess. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability and being yeah. real. Yeah, pretending pretending never helps anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say, Myron. When we pretend yeah. we help no one. When we pretend we help no one. No, no, that's that's so real. And I I love that because I, I always talk about like how like the church is a hospital, you know, and the hospital's for the sick. You know, we're mm, all yeah. we're all sinners, you know, and I, I think a common misconception of like when, you know, when they talk to a Christian, you're, we're judgmental. We all all these different things because you have your sin of choice, you know. But hey, your 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 uh, alcohol addiction isn't different from, you know, me sinning from anger or pornography or any other sinner. So we're yeah. all in here. We're trying to get healing, you know, and yeah. it's and, it, and it's like super big. And, and like for me, it's just like that. That's how we should be. You know, and yeah. super inviting, super vulnerable about, hey, this, like I'm a sinner too. Like, let's come together. Let's like uh, worship Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm actively fighting my sin. Like I'm act I'm yes. actively at war against it yep. because I hate it. Because you'll never do anything about your sin until you're ready to do something about your sin. Like you'll justify it, you'll explain it away, you'll whatever until you you're ready. To, I'm done with this, and then you go to war. You go to battle against it. And you got to link arms with brothers and sisters and say, let's fight this together. And I'm Absolutely. open, I'm transparent. And then that, they can help you, support you and pray for you and, and encourage you and champion you on. You got this. It's not who you are. That insecurity, that anxiety, that fear, that depression, that addiction, that whatever, that shame, that guilt, that's not from God. And we need to fight this together. And man, I'm, I, you said something that I'm passionate about now, JB, is anxiety and depression, man. Like the mental health crisis that exists. Yeah. And I think... I think it stems from, this is just my hypothesis, I got no data, yep. is that it stems from pretending. You are manufacturing a perception about yourself digitally and in person to where no one really knows the real you and you're constantly looking around like, am I being who I want people to think I am? And you're so right. insecure because you're not comfortable in your own skin. You're always anxious and nervous about whether or not people like you or you're accepted. And if we could just give our life to Christ and say, you are my identity, I'm not trying to impress anybody but you, and I can be real about what's real in my life, 
gosh, I think the chains of those mental struggles that people were navigating uh, would begin to fall off. They could find healing, find freedom, and find true relationships with other people who are imperfect. Like you said, JB, we're all sinners. We all got our stuff. And if we could just lay it out in front of one another and, you know, the book of James says, confess your sin to one another and pray for one another and you will be healed. Like we don't do this enough. And it's like, we kind of understand the idea of like, okay, Jesus paid for my sin. I'm forgiven, you know, but it's confession that allows us to walk out, you know, to walk out in that freedom until we recognize it, confess it, address it. Um, Then we can actually live in the freedom that Christ offers to us through his grace, through his death and uh, payment on that cross, man. So. Man, this is this has been such a fruitful conversation, you know, and um, I think we got to do this more often, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, like, like, yeah, like there's something about community. Like it really is iron sharpens iron. Like, you know, you guys got me fired up, got me energized for tonight, you know, before bed. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm super grateful for like to have like friends like you guys. I am. Yeah. You know, and um, but before I let you go, like tell everyone where they can find you, where where the what's the vineyard social and um, how they can uh, tap in with you guys. Yeah, so I mean Vineyard Wheeling, uh, you know, YouTube, vineyardwheeling.com, Vineyard Wheeling YouTube, Vineyard Wheeling Instagram, uh, and then the young adult one we reference is the Way Dot Movement. So that's on Instagram, the Way Dot Movement. The uh, YouTube's there, the Way, I think it's the Way Movement Wheeling for YouTube. And then the new podcast is called Waster Nation. Um, and so we've coined the phrase waster. Like if you want to be a part of the movement, the, this Jesus movement that we're trying to reclaim and recapture the heart of the early church, you can be considered a waster. You know, it's not formal. We haven't like, you know, it's not, a, it's not an elite club or a clique. Like if you just want to join and be a part of something bigger than yourself, you know, we just throw around the term like waster. And so it's this nation, it's, it's, it's reaching the nations, it's reaching the world, reaching the globe with the message of the gospel. And you can be a part of that. And so that's the podcast that we've, we've dropped, Waste Your Nation. And yeah, that's um, W-A-Y-S-T-E-R in case you didn't yeah. put that together. <laughs> so, yeah, Vineyard Wheeling and the Way Down Movement, the Way Movement Wheeling, and then um, Waste Your Nation podcast where podcasts are found. So, Man, that's incredible. Like, once again, gentlemen, like, we got to do this again. I appreciate you for jumping on. And, like, it means the world to me. Let's go. Happy anniversary. One year, baby. Happy Hey, I appreciate it. And thanks for jumping on. I really appreciate it. Anytime, yeah, JB. Love you, brother. JB. Hey, love Whatever. you guys, too. Yep. Wow. Wow. What a phenomenal episode <laughs> with, like, two of my brothers. And I'm, I'm super grateful that they took the time out to, like, jump on the podcast. You know, it's been years since I've been around them in ministry but it but it, it but it shows like they, these these two young men are just like doing amazing things in in ministry um and just are amazing people in general you know um they reference a lot so i encourage everyone to like re-listen to this episode re-listen to it re-listen to it i'll drop all the vineyard links um below so you can like go tap in with them get in get in get in the community like if you're if you're on the internet you know, join their community so you can get all this stuff that's going to like feed you, feed you life as you grow closer to God. So again, man, this was a phenomenal experience and I'm grateful for everyone listening. Thanks for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my lovely mother, Alfreda Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever.